too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I bring the boom, I bring the thunder. Legion of doom in the dungeon of plunder. Golf Lady 188 on the Matt Wiley Network, broadcasting worldwide for free every day, all day, every week. This content is free. You can't pay for it. Who would pay for it? Golf Landia 188. What does that mean? It means Quail Hollow, it means it's stacked field. this week a tough course Wells Fargo Championship we got a stacked podcast with newest winner of the Fantasy Hockey World Championships at Circling the Drain who is in our podcast or on our podcast weekly he can win every Fantasy World Championship. He's one of the finest players on the planet. But he can't get an $11 microphone to work without some clanging. Which I believe is his Boy Scout knife that he wears around his neck. Clanging against... I can't even recreate it. The microphone. And then, and then he gives picks for this elite podcast, like going heavy on Chase Seifert. I don't understand it. It's the ultimate razzle-dazzle. I guess that's what elite champions have to do. They have to distract you that they don't know what they're doing so that you get sucked into the wrong place. Like me tonight playing NHL because now I'm totally back into it. Seeing Josh win the FHWC. And everything's going along fine until the Pittsburgh Penguin Slappies get there. The Sidney Crosby, Jake Gunsell guys. Enjoy your night. Thanks again to Chris Durrell every week. Jagerbombs underscore something. Just insert one number and you will find a guy named Chris Terrell. DraftKings contest is up. 300 single entry. 300 single entry. No, you know, $5 single entry, 300 people. We should do $300 single entry, five people. Um, No rake. No rake, except for slappies and ding-dongs. And people who correct my content. And then Green Square Golf, greensquare.golf, Green Square Golf, at Green Square Golf. Form, course form, history, course history, recent form, all tours, all players. If you are a better, if you bet form, if you want to look at recent performance, 
historical performance at a course. You have to have this tool. Greensquare.golf. Do I own the company with Mike Miller? Yes. Am I incentivized to talk about it? Sure. I will give credit to Fantasy National Golf, by the way. I just logged in there for the first time. Maybe since 2017. That's how many tools I use a week. It's a killer site, Pat and Moose. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Talked about my favorite player over 7,400 yards. I didn't even need Fantasy National to verify it, although it did. I will get to that here in a second this week. Lower owned, lower priced. I don't know ownership yet, but lower priced certainly. The man. I cannot believe they priced him. Pricing's tough this week for for the Wells Fargo. It's been tough the last two weeks. You really have to know your stuff. So we'll go through that in the darts show Wednesday. Darts for my Periscope, or sorry, not Periscope anymore, but what does it matter considering live Twitter? I can't get to work. If you've ever joined this Wednesday live show that I do, it's utterly pathetic. It's a minimum of seven attempts before I get it to work. It's like I'm trying to trying to kickstart my 1980 Yamaha Seika motorcycle. And there's a whole bunch of people looking at me at what a fool I am. Which is what happens every Wednesday. I can't believe Twitter, an iconic company like Twitter, cannot get their shit figured out. How? The greatest brand conversation brand going and perhaps ever in terms of media and it sucks. Pat show. Speaking of Pat, did I speak of Pat or did it just segue into Pat Mayo? By the way, can I talk about how generous Pat Mayo is as a human being in such an insecure business or quote industry that is you know, fantasy content, highly saturated. Everyone wants a piece of it. Who cares? Do your thing. Have good content or not. Make no money. Make some money. Who cares? Just have fun. But in such an insecure business like this, he is not. He likes to help everyone. He's non-confrontational. And I was happy to do a show with him and someone way more successful than me uh, in Mark Hubbard's brother. And I think it was pretty good. But we talked about, which I don't think I've talked about on a podcast recently, is the PGL and the money that the pool, the money pool for players that the PGA of America, not PGA of America, but the, not the PGL, has put together for players uh, with metrics like how much you move the meter. And so you can, even if you don't win in a tournament, you can still share in a pool of money. There is the counter argument that the players already make too much. Why should they get now access to a $40 million pool? But I, I play the other side. The PGA players are subcontractors to the tour. The top-end guys bring a lot of eyeballs. They bring a lot of foot traffic. The foot traffic is important to the tour organizers. Um, even, you know, 
even names from the past like John Daly, you wouldn't be surprised as how much how many more tickets they can sell when a when a name brand is at the tournament. Even a Davis Love for a tournament like Lexington. Um, for the Barbasol, bring more sponsorship to the event. And really, they're only paid if they succeed, if they win. Outside of other deals they may have on the side and other sponsorships, which I may not know about. But it's very costly to bring the top-tier talents enterprise. Yeah, it's a shared relationship that they wouldn't have gotten there without the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour is a tournament. They set up the event. They do the money deals. They pass that through to the players. But the players right have have so much more power and leverage. The PGA just happens to be a monopoly. It's very costly for these players to bring their entire enterprise to a tournament event and win nothing. And I think Brooks has alluded to that a lot. And so has Adam Scott. I know I've heard of Adam Scott's jet bills a year, his, air, his, his, his private jet costs a year, just to travel around the world. I mean, and he brings attention. So why shouldn't he be compensated for that in some way? He's earned it. Majors make a fortune off these guys. Look at the Masters. Well, everyone should be happy with a, you know, just a nice old check at the end of the day. That's that's really not enough. I mean, they made a make a fortune off these guys. So the PGL I never took seriously and I was I was pretty clear on that, but in talking with with a player it's clear it's clear to me this wasn't a certainty. Uh, but it's clear to me that intentionally or not, the PGL was cert- as a leverage play for tour players. Ah, something that could rival, potentially rival, or give the optics of a rivalry to the PGA Tour in the PGL. Let's just say we're going to go to that. And they may have been in- they sincere in that intent. I never thought they were. But I knew the PGA would at least get nervous. I mean, they're they're the they're the kingdom. They they're they're the kings. They own the gold. They make the rules. So they really didn't have a lot to worry about. Where else are they going to go? The Euro Tour. So you enter the PGL. It says, listen, you can have a smaller schedule, great courses, and make a buttload of money. PGA better rethink this to protect their players uh, as subcontractors. And so enter this giant pool of money that's based on metric. I don't know if it's enough yet, but at least you know. It puts the PGL to bed a little bit in the mind of the PGA Tour. But you don't pay us for appearances. We gone. I, you know, I don't want to spend $2 million, uh, trucking around the, the world every year to make the PGA Tour money. I get that. There needed to be an appearance of at least a competitive threat, and that's what it was, in my opinion. And it worked. Uh, all merchandise, by the way, there is no transition to this topic, but it's in my notes. All merchandise for the last year that I've committed to, block marketing t-shirts, block marketing v-necks, grid pads, uh, the Patrick Reed shirt, which was won by Ryan Marchand in Nova Scotia. All of it has been sent out. The BMW 325i to Slappy McJokester. All of it, it's out. So I owe no one anything. It's all been taken care of. We get to it at some point. And we did. 
So let's talk to Ryan and Slep. Sorry, the new champion of fantasy hockey. Hello. All right, here we are. The three amigos. Actually, Ryan. Sir. We are amongst royalty within the DFS community. The king of the world? That's how I have to introduce him every week. I like with, it. With the Kurt, with the Mr. Perfect song from WWE 40 years ago. How, how, how does Josh win? He's the fantasy. First of all, I wanted to sandbag him somehow, but I can't because I do respect the fact that he is the 2021 fantasy hockey world champion on DraftKings. Very if you didn't know by his Twitter bio, by the way. Well, Ryan told me I had to update my bio, so I did. So good. <laughs> so good. And so I just I just got a bunch of texts on Friday night that just from from Saul Goodman that just said that CRC won. And I thought it was a joke. I thought, okay, he won he won like a hundred dollar contest. And then I put two and two together and he wins the fantasy hockey world championship. And then I get a bunch of 2.30 a.m. texts from Josh. I thought I called you too, right? Yeah, you called me. Yeah, definitely called. <laughs> oh, I called I wake, you. Yeah. I wake up at my standard 5.30 a.m. I say, what do you want? <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> then I scroll through the text, and you're drinking like 30-year-old pappy outside of school somewhere in Rhode Island. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, that's where the best fantasy plays are. Um, well, you are one of the finest fantasy players in the world. I do give you that. You're extremely sharp. My question is, my question is, why do you come on this podcast and then tout Sean O'Hare? <laughs> well, why is it a it's a giant razzle dazzle? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just in here spitballing ideas and seeing what works, and then. Uh, I don't know. As I as I mentioned before, I, I'm going to be somewhat incoherent, uh, more so than usual. I um, I'm on an extreme lack of sleep. Um, I'm kind of yesterday. I had a I had a hangover for the ages, and um, and then I didn't really sleep well last night. So I'm I'm running on empty. Did you go to the fantasy hockey world championships? Where was it? It was. It was behind the school. I mean, no, I, it wasn't. It was, I mean, straight up, if you go to CRC, Circle of the Drain's Twitter account, and look at the bottles he poured of Pappy, I thought it was a joke. He's yeah. in some playground at some middle school <laughs> at 3 a.m. Uh, yeah, that, I was at my neighbor's, and I think we're looking on the, that's like, we're at the fire pit overlooking the dog pen. Um, no, but. It was not live because of COVID, which is kind of annoying because in two weeks, the basketball one is happening and that's live. So I don't really understand why the NHL one wasn't live, but so be it. Um, Are you in that? Can you hold two belts? I am not. I don't do basketball. No. Okay. All right. Um, but yes, you, you could. 
I believe there are people that hold multiple bounce at some point, but I no, I'm not in that. Hopefully, I will. Hopefully, I'll take down the uh, the fan, the millionaire maker at the PGA Championship. That's the next goal, right? Well, I'm I'm very proud of you because there are a lot of slappies in hockey that I I'm glad you beat. Testoster Town. I was uh, Testoster Own. I ran very hot. I basically yeah you. You stacked Florida. Essentially wire to wire. I got the first goal of the slate and uh, didn't really look back. So good. So good. So proud. Good boy. Thank you. Um, All right. So, Ryan, let's go to golf before Josh tries to get us off our picks. The Quail Hollow and the Wells Fargo is – one of the tougher courses on tour. And the reason why it's tough is that it's a par 71, 7,500-yard-plus 7, monster that um, only has three par fives. It demands good driving. There's really – I mean, there's a lot of long par fours. There's two scorable par fours, the 8th and the 14th, but very risk-reward. And then you have a closing three-hole stretch, which – has a name to it, of course, the Green Mile, because it's an actual mile. That's one of the toughest closing stretches on tour. The home of the 2017 PGA Championship. And who won that year, Ryan? Justin Lewis Thomas. There you go. Multi-tiered greens, a lot of runoffs, um, narrow fairways, punitive rough, driving length and accuracy. You wonder why guys like Rory do well here. Uh, it's an all-around, all-American PGA tree-lined test. But you got to be a hell of a ball striker. And so it gives credit to the fact that how good Max Homa actually is. I mean, he could have won last week for his third PGA win, but this is where he had his first win at Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. Uh, pretty gutsy back in 2019. And so this week you've got a pretty – stocked field am i am i missing anything on the course though ryan no not too much you know i i do think um i think you have to drive the ball really well here and uh a lot of that is going to be distance but i mean i think we've seen some guys who don't hit it that far who have done well here i mean um you saw james Hahn won here he's not a super long hitter i mean fowler's done well here he's kind of long enough max homa's long enough but uh you have to drive it well but definitely a ball striker's golf course I do think um, it's playable out of the rough, right? If you're missing in the right spots, you have the Bermuda grass, which is never really long. It's overseeded with rye, which is pretty wispy and thin to get through. So it's not like you have to hit every fairway. But the but trees course, are extremely gigantic and mature. And well yeah, the course can get hard, right? I mean, right. Uh, there's uh, the trees everywhere. Uh, there's some water. And if the greens get firm, like you said, I mean, they are probably in the top five, I would say, hardest greens for guys to putt on the PGA Tour. Yes. Plus the back nine water. Uh, I mean, especially on the, the close, 16, 17, and 18 in the green mile. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Um, par three, I think it was the is it the 14th. No, the drivable was 14th. Par three, 13th perhaps. I mean, there's just a lot of trouble you can get yourself into here. Um. And this course, I mean, I mean, I mean, this field at least 
is pretty strong for a PGA tournament. I mean, there's a lot of names I thought would be here this week that are not, but, you know, it's still pretty stacked. Anything you're seeing firsthand pricing-wise, if you're still awake, Josh? Well, I'm here. Hey, buddy. Just, hey, how are you doing? Do you, say, uh, do you think it's tough pricing or soft? Um, it, I think it's not as tough as it was last week. Um, I think that was the week where we were all commenting on how difficult it was. I mean, as you can, you can build, I've played around building some lineups and it seems like there's enough in the, in the eights and the low nines that you can grab a, grab your favorite stud and still have a, you know, have a lineup that doesn't make you want to throw up. So, um, but I haven't really identified who the chalk punt is going to be yet. Um, I don't know. Have you figured that out yet, Ryan? The chalk punt? Um, no, not really. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Cam, I think the price is tough. Davis? Yeah, well, look, I mean, people always play Cam Davis. But, yeah, I mean, the pricing's tough. I think... Um, Hovland. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's going to be pretty spread out down there. But, yeah, I mean, I disagree. I think this is going to be one of those weeks where you don't see a lot of double stud lineups. And I think people are going to end up gravitating towards that Finau, Zalatoris, Reed, Neiman, M answer range. Um, and that range is stacked. And, I I mean, I do think that range is way better than the AK range. Um, so, yeah, I haven't decided yet, but... I think double stud is going to be unique and it's going to be optimal at the end of the week. Yeah, because if you want Rom with a Hovland, you have to dip into the sixes and there's not a lot there. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, no secret here. I'm I'm going to start with JT, so. Okay, let's talk about that, the 10 plus range. I know where <laughs> yeah. you're going, Ryan. I set it up earlier, so you're going with JT. Yeah, it's 11-3 though. That's, I mean, that's a lot. Right. What did you think about his putting last week? <laughs> It's due for some positive regression. Right? I mean, must. Yeah, he just looked lost, and, I mean, he was obviously frustrated. But when he hits it that well, I feel like all of his wins have all been very predictable, and it's always been after weeks exactly like that, where, all right, he was number one tee to green. Let's go into a perfect course. Let's just bet him. Let's just win and move on. So I'm going to do it again. I would say that um, I think I think, you know, if you – can map out where Rory is on his journey right now at 10K at the low end of this range, considering his history here mm-hmm. at Quail Hollow. I mean, who knows? He's had some time off to think, to, you know, to, to get a little coached up uh, and probably come in less owned than usual. I think that I can, I'm going to cross off Webb Simpson right now. Um, I don't know where I'm going with Bryson. Obviously, he'll be very heavily owned. I love John Rahm. I don't want to love Xander Shoffley, but I might have to. I can get behind JT. But Rory at 10K gives me a lot of options. I love Rory. Um, I'm concerned that JT is going to come in as the highest on stud. You think so? Well, he's got the PGA Championship narrative he everyone who played him last week everyone's all the pods are talking about how the he lost like eight strokes putting over the weekend and he had 
incredible ball striking. Um, he's going to come in top in any model. So, I mean, if he has much higher ownership than the rest of these guys, as much as I think he's a phenomenal play and very likely to win, um, I mean, that's not saying much there. Obviously, he's the favorite. But um, I will, I'll just have to fade and go and just be over the field on Bryson, Rom, and Xander. Yeah. Because I, I prefer JT, but what is still early, it's Monday night, but what I'm expecting the ownership to be, I would just probably have to to get heavier on Bryson and Rom. I, I don't like playing Xander, but he comes out as like top of my model. So I think I think Bryson's going to be your top zone stud. You do? The market loves Bryson. Um, nines. Okay, so there's a lot here to like. Hovland, the way he played last week. Um, Zalatoris, the way he plays every week. Considering you need to drive the ball well and long here. Finau probably will be pretty good ownership uh, considering he's burned so many people every week. Doesn't have a great performance here, but nine, five for fee now. Um, Connors burned people last week. Nine, two look at any models. Someone's yawning. Uh, <laughs> Not it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Neiman and then, and Homa. I mean, I think that Homa, the fact that he's nine K and not eight point eight k is going to price him off a, a lot of a lot of lineups. Mm-hmm. It's just that number. Um, there's a there's a lot to be had there in nines. Back to you, Josh. Football. Um, I am interested in Hovland, and mm-hmm. I don't. I think that I don't know if he's going to be popular or not. Um, I think that I would. I think that Finau and will and Cantley might get a little bit more ownership. Um, the guy who I'm, I real I like Neiman because I think he'll be lower owned than Connors and Homa. I I, I, don't, I take that back. I haven't decided what Homa's gonna or don't know what's gonna be with Homa. But Neiman will be less than Connors, and I like Neiman for that. Uh, and cheaper, I like that. Don't know what to do with Zaltor. This is this is a very confusing range for me. Um, Homo was eight one or eight last week, by the way, at the Vallis Bar in a weaker field. Excuse the banging. Um, I, you know, he, it's it's difficult to see Homa at nine thousand and yes. the name the names that he's around. Yes, but that's because we're basing it on you know, what we've known Homa to be for the last year. It, like, well, you know, a bigger a bigger time frame. If you were just to say, if you were only analyzing Homa in the last two, three months, it's a fine price. And then and then on and then layer on top of that the fact that he has won here and he's won at Riviera, which is a comp course. So mm-hmm. um I, you know, I'm definitely gonna be playing Homa. I I don't know how big of a stance, but maybe I'll just, you know, match field if I can't decide, but I'm certainly not going to be excluding him based on price. No. 
Ryan? Yeah, interesting. Pretty similar. I mean, I think uh, I think far and away the best play in the nines is going to be Hovland, but I think he is going to be probably the most popular. This is a bit right. We know his name's Hovland. Yes, I was going after Slep. Yes. <laughs> okay. um, for the third week in a row, he called him Hovland. Uh, I, I don't, who says I'm saying it incorrectly? Yes. It's Hovland. Um, yeah, so I think Hovland's the best play. Um, he, he did way better last week at Copperhead than I thought he'd do. Um, I mean, ball striking is just awesome as always. He makes so many birdies that like, even if he finishes like 20th, he could be on the optimal. Um, so I do like him. And I think, you know, I think going back to guys who burned you last week is, is always, you know, a viable strategy. And I think for the same price that he was last week, or sorry, a thousand dollars cheaper, uh, Patrick Reed is going to be a fraction of what he was on last week. Oh, be um, nothing. Be nothing. He'll be the low. He'll, he'll be the lowest owned in this tier. Don't you think? Easily. Yeah. And like, when I look 7%. at a guy, he, yeah. And he's played okay here. He scrambles very well. But um, I look at him and I look at Zal Torres, who has never been here, who'll be way more popular. I look at Finau, who's never played well here, who'll be more popular. I've, I'll see Connors, who has never played well here. They'll be more popular. Like, I'll just take Patrick Reed. I think that's, that's a smart. Good, that's a good call. That's a good call, Ryan. Great call. Damn, I never get that from you guys. So appreciate it. All right, let's go to the eights. Now. M at 8.8, I think, is a good price, but he'll be hugely popular. Uh, justifiably so. I mean, M just always performs week to week, but just be will, will likely be highly owned. Uh, Jason Day, 8.6, his course history here alone. It's tough. It would be, be a very difficult decision on Jason Day. I mean, he was good back then, so. Yes. Um. There's nothing else I like in this range, not even Jerry Watson for you, Ryan, which I'm going to throw to you in a second, except for except for Grillo at 8.1, which you'll have to see ownership. But Grillo has been playing amazingly well, and he has some pretty good stats on courses of this length. And, you know, he's a great driver of the ball. 8.1, I think he'll be... I think I'd get pretty good ownership on him. You can talk about Tommy Fleetwood, but I just decided never to play him again. So I will not talk about him, but I'll talk. I'll throw it to you, Ryan. Yeah, I'm actually cooling off on Fleetwood. I think what I happen, I mean, he's going to be very low owned, obviously. He's now at that price where it's like, all right, he's not 8,900 anymore. He's below the average salary, but he's never played well here. He missed the cut at 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 Harbor Town, although he did shoot sixty five in the second round. I mean, probably a GPP flyer, but uh, I'm not as high on Fleetwood as I was about an hour ago. Is he not? Is he just not good anymore? I mean, did, did we just have well, a nice run of him in 2017, 2018? I, I mean, he he still hits the ball really well, and I think that's I think that's Josh never going to go away. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Spit it out. I, I posit that he was never good. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he was, yeah, I, I mean the guy can't make putts. So at I mean at the, at the end of the day, like he's not going to win. He's probably not going to top 10 because he can't make putts. I just think that we were desirous of an interesting 
Englishman with wild hair who could hit fairways, had a very beautiful swing. I think we were just very interested in someone like that doing well. So we made more of him than he was, much like mm-hmm. an Ollie Schneidergens, much like a Jamie Lovemark. Much Why like you got to bring Ollie into this, man? Well, it's just because we thought he was, you know, he was fucking Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Well, he um, wasn't that good. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Rogers. Name it. We've been there. What if I told you a couple years ago that Griot would be more expensive than Fleetwood in a field like this? That's crazy. Right? But Griot's played really well recently. Um, Euro Tour success just doesn't translate. It doesn't. Except Norin. for Fitzpatrick. Norin's terrible. So, yeah, so... <laughs> I can never play Norn. Ryan so let's talk Norn. about Grio for a second, right? Because I never play this guy. I certainly don't play him when he's 8,100 in this field. Right. But how do you view last week, right? Last week he opened with five under and then missed the cut and shot five over. So is it first round was a fluke or is it second round is a fluke? No, I think it's. I think there's a technical aspect to this, and I'll try to break this down so you understand it. Grio is terrible. There, there's the technical answer to that. It's confirmed. Yes, I mean, I think for a, like, if he can get, stretch out a a one day round to like twelve under, and they kind of sail into the Sunday, then you're then you're then you're good. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not playing him for for eighty one hundred whoever he is. So, what are you doing in the eights, Josh? You got a lot to say. We haven't well, even talked about Abraham answer. Yeah, I don't know. we're not going to talk about him. Um, I want to talk about a guy who I'm not allowed to mention, so someone else has to. It's a prime. Uh, no, someone that Ryan has already bet. We're going to talk about him. But then uh, Keegan Bradley, I mean, I, what are we doing here? Oh, he is, yeah, X, instant X. But how? Instant Why? Because it's Keegan, there's nothing. I mean, with between history and course fit and recent form, he would be in play, but it's just Keegan. So he's, I mean, he's never played well here. So is that true? That's he's definitely missed true. the last couple cuts here, but okay. I take that. Fine. I take that part. I mean, there's gotta be a letdown after last week. I mean, like not I just losing, so. but I mean, losing because you rinse one like with an eight iron on the back nines. It's not it, great. It was a nine iron worse than that. And he, he took his caddy's advice. Fine. I'll mm-hmm. move, I'm fine. I'll move all my Keegan to Bubba done. <sighs> It's what an bu- ugly price range is at the 80 it's, mid eights. It's, it's just, the yeah. Worst. Well, cause these guys are all in play, but they're all overpriced, right? Like when you look right. at, and I mean, I'll even start with Tringali, but him and Bubba, even Lowry, Rio, like, I think they're all good plays. I just think they're all like $800 too expensive. I mean, I could honestly make a, my 150 pool without anyone priced in the eight. And I don't think I would be missing out on much. No. Yeah. The eights are always the stone cold worst period. Now, then you get to the juice of stuff in the sevens. And I will tell you right now, for people listening to this podcast, my five-star diamond platinum play of the week. Oh, no. It's an Englishman, Euro Tour success. But I tell you, for a guy who plays well on long courses, T to green, he's got a new caddy. He's played well last many weeks, and I think he's the best price. No, he's the best price in this entire field. Is Matt always play Wallace? 
I'm with you on this. Thank and, you. And we have a good history of being together. Last week, we were both on Woodland. <laughs> <laughs> I may be back on Woodland. How bad was he? <laughs> no. We have to go back. Yes. That's- I mean, every time his name came across Twitter on the PGA birdies, and it's like Woodland birdie plus nine, it was just infuriating. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, no, I love Matt Wallace. I think that um, there's a lot to like in the sevens. There's nothing to like in the sixes, in my opinion, but Matt Wallace. So so I thought, I, I mean, you talk Matt about Wallace. it. Yeah, I thought you were going with the other European here. Um, EVR. Who, what? EVR. He's not European. <laughs> no. I mean, Molinari has yes, played really well here. Yes, yes. He had a couple bad weeks, Masters, players, whatever. Um, but remember, like, two and a half, three months ago and he was back suddenly and everyone was betting him like 28 to one. And he comes to this course where he's really played well multiple times, almost won the PGA here. I mean, he's going to be what? 1% owned. Well, plus, plus, you know that he's got a brand new swing off the tee, right? He's added distance. He is, um, he's, I, I forget the, I forget who he's working with to add distance, but mm-hmm. his, his swing is completely changed off the tee. Like kicking his left foot out, and he's just absolutely des- destroying it. Yeah, I mean, and look, he's priced here with Varner, Gooch, and Joel Damon. Like, well, I love Gooch. Don't get me. I love Gooch. Um, Gooch, Molinari, Wallace is an absolute huge circle for me. I want to love Brendan Steele. Off the tee, yes. Some of the other things I don't like. I the first cut I made this entire roster of players all 152 even before like bill haas or mm-hmm. da points was russell henley i will never play Done russell with that guy henley. ever terrible can't do T- it cannot do it and i won't play ricky fowler even though it's even though it's well, I, I can't say that oh we are playing fowler this week man that's uh that's ryan's pick of the week that's so tough so, i mean what he can't hurt you for seventy eight hundred. He can hurt you for seventy eight hundred. Ask Josh. Ask me. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm I'll probably. I can't quit Fowler. A slept's gonna end up with like twenty seven percent Fowler. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm gonna then I'll be texting you and say how how much did you play Ryan? And then, because you said Ryan will say he full fade. He, exactly. No, no I'm gonna said, say oh, you know what I. Time. It was my last. No, no, no. Time. I'm gonna say I ended up doing single entry. And he didn't make <laughs> Yes. So, um, yeah. I don't know what to do with Steele either. I want to I want to exclude him. But he I, seems I, expensive. Are we... I, yes. Are, are you guys with me on... Are we on Neesmith? No. But I can... But I, but I can... I can... Um, I can understand why you'd be on Neesmith. I like Munoz better. Okay. I'm pretty undecided on on this whole range. I tell you what, and I, and Josh, you're going to high five me here, in as soon as I say his name. The probably the best play to make lineups work with some higher priced guys at seven point one. <laughs> Don't start laughing too early, Ryan. It's Aaron Wise. Oh, I love it. Thank you. That's Where the play. We I know you be- like Vegas. He's got a red dot beside him. He's a toe tag and play on Roto Grinders. Vegas, I like too. 
I he's a conviction play by Toe Tag and Tambo. I would like to know. I never get Vegas right, as you know. Just should I play him or not? Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Yes, a hundred percent play Vegas, but a thousand percent play wise. If you look at if you look at ball striking on courses of this length, Bermuda, difficult uh, fairways to hit. Aaron W wise. Ignore everything else about his putting <laughs> around the green. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the guy can't hit a wedge and he can't putt, but, <laughs> yes. but everything else is okay. Yes. So I think another guy in there right in that same range that we're going to play, we're going back to Keith. Oh, we have mm. to play. Oh, we have to play Keith. Yes, yeah. definitely. He's I mean, all I needed was 164 and I got an 82. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I just want to say I got mocked out of Snedeker, Keith Mitchell, and Max Homa last week in a combination of both of you. But. Yeah. No, I think you have to play him again. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I really like Pat Perez this week. I feel like Slep, you always play Perez. I agree. This is- he's been playing sneaky well, and he's done okay here. All right, here's- here? Let's see here. I said a name... I, well, I said it in DMs here. Schenk. Here's oh, a yeah, guy, for sure. Here's a guy who, this is a great fit. He was, he went, had, he had that streak where he just didn't miss the cut ever. And then he just lost his game. And it looks like it's trending back in the right direction. I like the way he sets up here. I love the price, especially since we want to get the studs and we're not paying for the eight. So I'm on Schenk. Add in on top of that, he got a 13th here last year. Uh, I know someone's going to say Cage Lee, so I'll say him right now. I've had zero luck with that guy. None. But he does. <laughs> he seems not... to make cuts, though. Mm-hmm. Doc Redman, anyone taking? No. Maybe. I think, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys here. Like, I think you mentioned Wyndham Clark already. Probably going to play him. I'm going to play Vaughn Taylor. Here's a name for you. This is a guy. Who... You say Vaughn Taylor? No just, way, Brian. I just want no to make way, sure you're Ryan. listening. But yes, I'm playing Vaughn Taylor. No. No, just stop. Just don't do it to yourself. All right. This is fine. This is a guy that he doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, he's terrible. I love Vaughn Taylor, but he's terrible. A long uh, course is don't play Vaughn Taylor. Yeah, I was, I was about to talk about Duffner. Ah, uh, he. This is like the third week in a row you've said this. No, I understand. <laughs> He's number one stroke taking TD Green. In, what, what were those words that just said? He, he was you one. wouldn't. You wouldn't think that he would line yes. up well for this type of course. But when I was looking at him on long par seventy ones, he actually was had decent stroke gain off the tee. And mm. I don't know. He's for sixty five hundred. You, I, he can make the cut here. I mean, um, yes. He, he came in fourth last year. He's he's trending up. Duffner in 2019 led the field in Tita Green here. Just to let you know, you can do worse for 6,500, and I will do worse <laughs> because I'll play Bronson Burgoon. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I have I had I had Lee, I had Redmond, I had Wyndham Clark with a question mark, I had Phil with a question mark. I have someone named Trish. Which I can't figure out what my handwriting says. Trish. It's probably Von Taylor. No, no. it starts with a T. Ah, I can't. I'll look it up. You guys talk. 
All right. Um, do you ha- do you have anyone sixty one or sixty two, Ryan? No, I can't. Okay, um, how low is? I think my lowest is probably Mike Lidgich, oh, so yes. I think he's down there. I have Trahan, not Trish. Trahan six. Okay. That's the only one I do. <clears throat> no, the the uh, the three cheapest guys I have are the ones who we always play: Glidgich, Whaley, and Hank Leviota. How about Gordon? No, Stop. there's nothing down here. This is garbage. It's true. <laughs> have you guys heard about this guy called? Boho. <laughs> he literally might be done. Just oh yeah. <laughs> we are retiring him. He's he is terrible. Okay, here's what here's who I need you to retire because you as the fantasy hockey world champion and elite DFS player, tell me to go overweight on Chase Seaford. Oh my god. That right? was listen. That was the ultimate good process, bad result. <laughs> that was really bad. I hey, I played forty percent. So okay, it was good. As long as you played him and didn't fade him. No, I had a lot of him. Yeah, so you were dead. And he was on my main team as well I, with I, Woodland thirty percent. But yeah, we're going back to Woodland. But I have actually usually at this point in the week, my pool is at like sixty. I'm at forty right now, so I'm pretty. Oh, tight. I can delete a lot of players this week. Right yeah. off of that. Russell uh, Henley first, just to remind everyone. Um. All right, a lot in the sevens, a uh, couple in the eights, heavy in the nines, and then some. Uh, who you think is going to be on top? Who wins this week? Justin Thomas. Okay. John Rom. I love Rom. I don't think Hov- Slep mentioned him the entire podcast, did he? I'm going to say Hovland. Wins. Let's do it. Slep, get some sleep. Thanks. Heavy is the crown. Yes, congratulations. You have to wear. Thank you. Later, boys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. All right, that's it. That's the podcast. You heard it here first. Matt Wallace. That's the play. Always play Wallace. That's it. Have a good week.